Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer from TBI.com and your host. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Kyle Backus about real answers for families confronting catastrophic injury or death. This is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years combined experience, they're leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, dysautonomia, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who don't know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, an author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. I also invite you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Kyle Backus, and a founding partner of the law firm Backus Shanker, Kyle limits his practice to representing individuals and families in catastrophic death cases nationwide. Welcome to the podcast, Kyle. I'm so happy to have you here today. Well, hi, Amy. Thank you very much. I, I'm really uh, pleased and honored to to be on your podcast. Well, I'm really excited and just kind of to dive into um, this topic. You know, I think often people don't understand their legal rights after something has happened to them, whether it's at work, uh, work comp, a car accident, um, it could be a slip and fall on private property. You know, there's just so many situations in which you have some legal rights. And I'm, I'm really happy to have you here, Kyle, to just kind of, you know, maybe break it down and explain it to people. And I know the first thing I tell people is talk to a lawyer. You know, a consultation's typically free, and if they don't think they can help you, they're going to tell you that. So, um, where would you like to start, Kyle? Like, what? How would you like to dive into this topic today? Well, I, I tell you this: um, uh, I have been doing uh, this work since the Monday I graduated from law school back in uh, 1992, and um, and really. I've, I've, dedicated my career towards uh, helping families in this predicament. Um, unfortunately, I became one of those families on April the 28th of 2020 when my own mother uh, was tragically killed 
run over by a concrete mixer truck while walking through a crosswalk on her COVID walk in Winter Park, Florida. And, um, and, and really that brought home uh, to me and to my family uh, just the, the broad uh, you know, uh, issues that come at you when you have yeah. some sort of catastrophic injury, or in our case, a death, but catastrophic injury uh, as well. And it really kind of starts, uh, you know, when you suffer, uh, whether it's a slip and fall like uh, occurred to you or, or uh, an automobile collision or uh, a worker's compensation injury, all of a sudden the family is forced to make very important decisions very mm-hmm. rapidly, some that can have forever consequences on the outcome, uh, uh, not only medically but, uh, but legally speaking as well. And so mm-hmm. I wrote this book uh, based upon the experience of my family and, uh, you know, uniquely positioned from a standpoint of uh, not only do I know the legal side of it, but I know the personal side of it as well. And, and I know um, how difficult the time is in the immediate aftermath. And, uh, and I know, uh, you know, families are looking for answers, something that you can control, right? And whether it's your supporting um, a, a TBI uh, victim uh, or you are one. Uh, you know, answers are very, very important. And so I, I think, um, you know, the investigation at the very beginning, uh, I think there's some very important things just to know about uh, how to get started. Yeah. And, you know, you, you mentioned that things come at you, at you pretty rapidly in the very beginning. And, you know, most of us have never been through something like this before. So it can be very, very overwhelming. And we have a tendency to trust other people. And I know in my case, I um, slipped on our buildings where I lived. Um, I slipped in the driveway. And so um, our property manager immediately was like, oh, let's file a report. We'll take care of everything for you. Don't worry about your medical expenses. And so their insurance company called me and it was interrogating me like, they made me feel like I didn't. I'm at the point where I knew I needed to get a lawyer involved. Um, but it comes at you so quickly. And, you know, in my case, I'm, I'm the person that fell. I have the brain injury. In other cases, it might be a spouse or a family member helping you. Um, but, yeah, let's maybe break it down. Like, what should you do right away after something happens, whether it's a slip and fall, car accident, yeah, well, and I'll tell you this, um, slip and falls result in a lot of, of brain injuries, uh, but probably, you know, what's more common is uh, the car crash because it's the most dangerous thing that we yeah. do every day is get in these 4,000-pound uh, boxes and drive next to each other at 50 and 60 miles an hour. And so what, whether it's your experience with a property manager or whether it's a police investigation, there's a bit of a lottery, I, I think, uh, in terms of counting on those investigations. And it's not that the police aren't trying to do the best that they can do, but you really, uh, you know, if it's a police investigation, it's really dependent upon, you know, where did the event occur? Was it a big city or a small town? And what's the police department's, uh, you know, what, what's the, the qualifications at the police department? And really, who's on shift at the time that the call comes in and who responds to the event to start the investigation. I mean, it, you know, despite best efforts, if you're in a small town, you know, and you have a very serious catastrophic injury, 
um, no matter how it occurred. Um, you know, the police may have very little uh, investigative history in terms of looking into yeah. your set of, of events. And so I think it's really important to just know that, uh, like you said, you can't always count on, and especially if it's the people who might be responsible, the property manager at an apartment complex, that's the last person you should be counting on to make sure that they're doing a fair investigation. <laughs> and so right. not only is there kind of this lottery of who's there, um, and, and uh, but there's another lottery that's happening too, and that is the fleeting nature of evidence. And especially if you're talking about snow and ice, um, that evidence may go away very quickly. Yeah. And, and right. so the circumstances that led to your event may not be protected. And so um, the, the book talks about uh, ways that even somebody who decides maybe I don't want to get a lawyer uh, can uh, can go through a process to find their own experts to go out and uh, and secure evidence. It's not overly expensive to do. I mean, it's not cheap. It's not overly expensive just to secure the evidence that you need and acting fast or having a family member who's really worried about the medical side of things. You've got to also be thinking a little bit about, you know, what should we be doing to protect the evidence and making sure that we have our own boots on the ground, whether that's through your own private investigator, uh, through an engineer, working with a lawyer. Now, lawyers and the one thing that they do bring to the table is they have these existing relationships and they can get somebody out there, a good law firm could get somebody out there to, to assist you uh, very rapidly and, and will generally put the money forward for that investigation themselves. So I think the, the first part is understanding uh, how important it is to secure evidence before it disappears and do not uh, rely solely upon either law enforcement or certainly not the, uh, not the property manager of an apartment complex to do that for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of car accidents, I think they're probably one of the most misdiagnosed for brain injury. Um, I mean, if you've been in a car accident, there's a real you have a brain injury. And often yeah. the emergency room sends you home and says you're fine. And symptoms might not really set in for a few weeks or even months. And, you know, that's where that's why I always tell people to get a lawyer because you just don't know. Right. And if, if you're feeling fine, you know, that adrenaline is a funny thing, right. After a car accident, um, you might be a little sore, but you're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And a few days or a few weeks go by and you're like, man, I can't remember things and I'm feeling fuzzy. Like what's going on. Um, Right. And so you need to get the proper care for that. Um, and that's that's why it's just so important to have someone in your corner helping you um, to help navigate all of that. Well, I'll tell you, Amy, you raise a really important uh, another really important point, and that is um, documentation of, uh, you know, your medical situation. And, you know, some people are catastrophically injured and they're unconscious and um, they're transported to a hospital and, um, right. you know, medical decisions have to be made there. But others uh, don't have that sort of uh, immediate severity that they recognize. But it's so important to go and be checked out. And if you have any cognitive problems at all, to make sure that you're seeing a neurologist, make sure that you're being an advocate for yourself or invite other family members to be an advocate on your behalf for you to help you. Um, it's the time to ask for help. 
uh, you know, and some people want to want to be, uh, you know, they're very individualistic and they can take care of themselves. And, but it's a time to ask for assistance and to really be surveying how you're doing and get it documented because um, in the end, when we talk about accountability uh, and holding, you know, if there's long-term forever consequences from an injury, uh, uh, the uh, accountability side is not going to work unless you're documenting early what's happened to you because, frankly, the insurance companies and lawyers on the other side will say, well, couldn't have been this event, right, because uh, this event occurred and it wasn't for 60 days before there was any mention of, a, of any cognitive problem. So don't be, dis, you know, don't be dissuaded from speaking up for yourself and saying, man, you know, I, I'm having trouble memory, with my memory. I'm having trouble with uh, my speech. It could just be something of, I'm very irritated. You know, the mood is I, I, I find mm-hmm. myself depressed, et cetera. So there's a lot of ways that these sorts of injuries can present themselves and super important to have it documented as early as possible. You know, I, I have experience with my father about 25 years ago. This is way before I knew about brain injury. Um, my father was, was working. He was on, on the clock and was in a car accident. Um, he was more worried about his coworker in the car, um, thought he was injured. Um, and so my dad, you know, he went to the, the emergency room with him, but he, he thought he was fine. Um, days went on and, oh, his neck hurt and he was having lots of trouble. And um, his doctor kept telling him he was fine or sent him for massage. Well, fast forward six months and it's not getting better. And the doctor's telling him um, that he's malingering. And fortunately, he had an amazing caseworker for work comp. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful for her because she persisted. She's like, he needs a second opinion. Uh, his second opinion, <laughs> he had a broken neck. Um, oh. He had a broken, I can't remember, C2 or 3. Um, and they're like, you could have sneezed wrong and been paralyzed. That massage therapist could have paralyzed you like a simple x-ray would have caught that right early on in his in his recovery um and because it was work comp and auto you know it was even way more complicated but um you know just advocating for yourself you know something's not right and if that that's you oh you're fine you're just imagining it you're just malingering you know like you gotta advocate and i'm so thankful he had that caseworker um because you know we didn't we didn't know anything as a family we didn't know how to speak up. Yeah, it's it's so important. And, and let me tell you, um, in Colorado and in most states now, um, victims, uh, uh, crime victims, victims have constitutional rights. And this is a, a really good segue to talk about uh, these constitutional rights because attendant to that, there are victims advocates. Uh, and in Colorado, um, we have a constitutional amendment that says, uh, you know, if you are injured by somebody else, and that includes in Colorado, uh, careless driving that results in serious bodily injury qualifies you under Colorado law as a victim with the constitutional victim's rights. And those rights include having a victim's advocate available to you, which are through the police department, um, who can help you 
you know, not everybody has a workers' compensation caseworker. Right. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's a great resource that your father saved the day, sounds like, really protected your father. Well, there's victims advocates. If you don't have family members uh, to support you and who can advocate for you and you're in a position where, especially if you're suffering from, um, you know, uh, traumatic brain injury-related symptoms and your, your head's a fog, uh, victims advocates from the police department are available. And also there's another thing that people, I think, are quite unaware of in most states and, and including in Colorado, and that is there's a victim's compensation fund. And uh, every time somebody goes to pay a traffic ticket, a portion of their uh, fine goes to the victim's compensation fund. This is a fund that uh, people are entitled to apply for. In Colorado, there's a $30,000 limit, but it, it will pay for uh, those things that are not covered by health insurance. So if you don't have health insurance and needed uh, medical care, it will pay for that. A lot of There's a lot of limitations in mental health uh, services under health insurance, some health insurance policies. And uh, this, you know, Victims Compensation Fund is available. It's run locally. You make an application. You identify yourself as a victim. You have to first prove that you qualify. And I, as I've said, careless driving, for example, resulting in uh, serious bodily injury qualifies victims as, uh, to make a claim under the Victims Compensation Fund. And uh, these funds can help support wage loss in the short term. Anything that's not covered by insurance is fair game for you to make an application regarding. So that's a really important resource. And we talk about that in the book and we actually give uh, for every state, we give the victims uh, rights uh, statute for each state that has adopted uh, such laws as kind of a way for people to, to get access to, uh, you know, this sort of information. And that Victims Compensation Fund, I know it exists in a lot of states. It's like you said, it's not always called that. Um, but if you, if you have questions, I encourage you to reach out to your local brain injury association or alliance. Um, they would be the first step I would recommend because they would know um, and finding a lawyer who specializes in brain injury, because not all understand brain injury, um, and finding a lawyer in your state that specializes in brain injury, um, I would like to think that they would be aware of this fund as well. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, I can also tell you that, that um, I created, we do have a live link to every state's statute. Now, this isn't going to get you to the victim's compensation fund necessarily, but it will tell you what your rights are. Uh, and uh, you, you can go to kylebackus.com, and at the bottom there's a list of, uh, of resources, one of which is uh, the victim's rights laws in all 50 states. Uh, and if you uh, go there, there's a live link that should take you directly to the statute, and you can see for your particular state what your rights are as a victim and who qualifies as a victim uh, in your state. Because that's important. You've got to qualify as a victim, and, and some uh, states mm-hmm. have different definitions and different circumstances. So I think that's, that's you know, hugely important. And uh, when you're having difficulty uh, paying for any medical care, if you run into problems, uh, you know, that, that fund can be a good resource, depending upon what the rules are in your particular location. Yeah, and what a great resource. Um, and just for everyone listening, wherever you are listening to this podcast, 
I do have um, the link both to Kyle's website and to his book on Amazon. So both of those are linked in the show notes wherever you're listening. Um, so Kyle, thank you for having that resource on your website. That's that's amazing. Um, so what would be like your next advice for someone who has been injured or, or the family, right? Um, what would be your next advice? Like, you know, obviously that first one about um, finding someone, finding a lawyer and getting that, that evidence collection and that report, um, you know, what might be your next, piece of advice to people listening? Well, I think it's really important to determine whether the person who is injured is uh, capable of making their own medical decisions. And mm. um, in, some, in some cases, there can be a question as to whether they are or aren't. And so um, many people have uh, what are called advanced directives, uh, which is, you might have heard of it in another name, like a living will. And that kind of tells what somebody's wishes are if they're in a very serious uh, medical situation. Um, and in many cases, if it, when people go do a living will, they also do something called a durable power of attorney for health care. And that identifies who should be the mm-hmm. medical decision maker if the person is incapable. So I kind of feel like you, you have to, within your family, do a self-triage, right, which is, do we think yes. that the person, the person themselves, <laughs> thinks that they're capable? Uh, do we think that they're capable? And if so, uh, great. You know, and then they can, you can be there and assist them as an advocate. If you have questions about that, then it's, you know, maybe they would have, they would prefer, or maybe legally somebody else should be making those decisions again, depending upon how severe the head injury is. And, and look, we're not talking about forever. We may be talking about uh, for a few weeks. It could be for a few months until somebody makes progress or it could be a longer-term situation. But I think it's important to know, uh, does the injured person have an advanced directive? What does it say? When do they want help? What is, who should be making those decisions? Is there this durable power of attorney? So you kind of look for those items. Um, and I think it's important to, uh, to do that. And I think the other thing that's important to know is that, especially in, in a case of serious brain injuries or serious uh, catastrophic injuries of any nature, you know, you're entitled in most facilities and doctors will have a family meeting where you can sit down and ask the questions and, um, and that, that are, are difficult. And one of the things that we tried to do in the book was, you know, create kind of a, a list of questions you might want to ask at a family meeting regarding uh, the, the prognosis and, uh, and, you know, who can visit and those sorts of things. So I think trying to gain some control over the, the medical decision side of things in the short term, and then in the, in the long term, um, I think that the, the issues that arise are uh, what do we do if there are some forever permanent limitations, and how do we handle those, and what are our rights um, under um, the Americans with Disabilities Act and the Fair Housing Act and other, uh, other laws that are there to protect people who are, are really uh, struggling um, with, with some sort of long-term medical disability. And I just want to go back to the whole power of attorney and healthcare director. That's how important this is, no matter what your age is. Um, people think these are things you need when you get older or if you have kids or a family. Um, but I'd like to share a story of someone I met who I think she was 20 at the time of her car accident and she was in a coma. Her parents were divorced and were not 
friendly. Um, and so there was no clear cut decision of who should make her healthcare decisions. And her parents literally had to get lawyers involved because, you know, mom thought that it should be her, dad thought it should be him. Um, where if she would have had that power of attorney, it would have just been cut and dry. Like I declare my mom or I declare my dad or whoever that person is. But how old you are, right? Like tomorrow, today, you could have an accident of some sort. Um, we just don't know, right? It, and that healthcare, that power of attorney, they're so critical, um, you know, for when you are incapacitated in a coma, you know, can't make a decision. Um, and I just, I can't stress that enough. I know after my dad's accident, they didn't have anything. They didn't have a will. They had nothing. And after his accident, they went and got everything. And I got all of my stuff as well. I was like maybe 22 at the time, um, just because you just realize how quickly things can happen. Um, yeah, so these, are, these are very simple. I, I agree so much yeah. with Amy. These are very simple uh, legal documents that are available probably online. You can download these um, and, and, and fill them out. Super important because, you know, the people who love you, um, if something happens to you, they're already struggling enough. Yeah. Um, and so to, uh, to throw more chaos and turmoil in to the picture, especially if you're in a situation like the one that you described where let's say that your parents are divorced, uh, and and you know they don't get along, and you know that that there would be issues. You know you can help solve that, and uh, and you can solve it for yourself in on your terms, and it's incredibly helpful. And so you know we talk about that too. I mean it's a blessing when a family does have an advanced directive because it just makes everything clear as to you know what what are the uh, what are the wishes of the person who needs the help? And again, mm-hmm. the hope is that the help is temporary, you know, that it's not a permanent, that it's a permanent need for help, but boy, it's sure. And, and the doctors, it helps the doctors too, right? So that they don't have to try yeah. to wade through uh, the, the contest of, of what various people want to do. You know, you got the, uh, a, a designation of the decision maker and that person's going to make decisions on your behalf uh, in uh, consult with the doctors. And uh, we don't like to think about it, but you're right. You know, Unfortunately, bad things randomly happen to uh, mm-hmm. people every day, and we hope that it's never going to be us, but your family is going to really appreciate it if you've taken these steps, if it does ever become you or your family. Mm, definitely. Kyle, we are just about out of time, so I would love to wrap up by asking you your final thoughts for our listeners, like your parting words of wisdom. Well, I tell you, and I do this in the book to end it with this chapter on kind of legacy, you know, bad things happen sometimes and sometimes they're not fixable, um, but we have to, you know, uh, fight on and move on. And, um, and I think that there are a lot of ways that when something really bad happens that, and we see it time and time again, where people um, make choices in their life. It could be as simple as smiling at, at others, and, and recognizing that you don't know what kind of day or what's happening in somebody else's family when you're at the gas station. You have no idea. Uh, people aren't walking around with signs that say, you know, right. oh, my mother suffered a traumatic brain injury yesterday, you know. And so from that to people who have established um, 
podcasts, for instance, right, or, or other ways of, of giving back to the community because that they become a part of. And so um, I, I, that's my, you know, I, I think that that uh, thinking about some way to uh, appreciate um, and to make good out of horrible, some even a centilia. Of, of good out of what is a horrible chaotic time, uh, so I think thinking about that is is uh, helpful and and um, and optimistic. Mm, wonderful. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for being here today and just sharing with our listeners. And just again, the um, your book is called Real Answers for Families Confronting Catastrophic Injury or Death. And I do have that link in the show notes. And your website is Kyle Bacchus, that's B-A-C-H-U-S dot com. And also we have that linked in the show notes as well. So definitely check out his resources on his website. Kyle, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a pleasure chatting with you. Well, Amy, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it, and you're doing wonderful things. So keep it going. It's great. Thanks so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. You can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. And a reminder that you can find all of the previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes, or directly at basesoftbi.com. And you can also please join our private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of me. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.